Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Projected Opinions Podcast, the best movie podcast, and under the average time it takes for an American to commute to work. My name is Matt Noble. And I'm Nathan Payne. And this week we are reviewing the latest installment from Disney and Marvel Studios, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. Anyhow, let's go ahead and jump right into spoiler-free Nathan. What did you think? Give us a give us a grade or, or like out of ten. What what are you? Eh, seven. Okay. Seven out of ten. It was decent. I enjoyed it more than the first one. Um, the first one dragged for me. It was kind of boring, honestly. The first one had a lot of let's let's audience members. If you don't know, the first Ant Man had like. A bazillion production problems. They had uh, a couple different directors attached. They fired one of the one of our favorite directors, Edgar, Edgar Wright. Wright. Um, it, it it was rough. It was rough. Uh, that this movie film, was thirty to forty minutes too long, um, and that's saying something because it was only an hour and fifty some minutes. In fact, this movie was a minute longer, but it felt shorter. If that tells you anything, um, so enjoyed the ride. Still too long though. Still too long. Um, most movies are, though, to be perfectly honest. Enjoyed the ride. Um, there were some funny character moments, uh, though it's still not as quotable as the first one. After all that, I can quote the first one more than I can quote this one. Um, but I'm sitting here trying to think of a single quote from the first one, so. Oh, just stop. Just, just go back. Just go back. Just, just go back. That's the only one that I really remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> Michael Pena... Listen, if you thought Riley held up the National Treasure franchise, Michael Pena's pulling, like, double that to hold up the Ant-Man franchise. Because he's, like, the funniest, most enjoyable thing about these movies. So kudos to him um, for keeping a small part of me caring. Um, Paul Rudd is okay, and I thought he was better in this one than in the first one. I agree. Um, but You have he, to really like his style of humor, though. Yeah. And it, it was funny, but I find Michael Pena much more entertaining than I find Paul Rudd. Um, and that's just a personal thing. But I I enjoyed it. I won't... The only time I will rewatch it is when I do the, the massive Marvel movie marathon. Um, but yeah, it's here. It's not terrible. Um, but the only crucial piece, if you're paying attention to the universe... The only thing you need to pay attention to is the first after credit scene. So oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, that I was mean, actually my favorite part of the entire movie. I mean, that's the only thing that I care to know the answer to. Like, there are plot points left open on purpose, but the only one that I actually will care to find out is the answer to the after credit scene. So, you know. All right, and on that note, <laughs> uh, I thought this film was... Uh, so we have seen only sequels for like weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really getting monotonous. I need something original. Hey, well, you're in luck. Skyscraper opens this week. You and your Dwayne the Rock Johnson thing need to like get a room. <laughs> Gross. I I think that this film does a better job at being a sequel than I think 
any of the other sequels that we've seen. So Jurassic World yes. 2 was a train wreck uh-huh. uh, on an island infested with dinosaurs. And Soldado was a a weaker, confused little brother of Sicario. Yeah. So I, I think this movie actually understands what it is sequeling yep. well mm-hmm. and improves. Sequels that. <laughs> yeah, and improves. So I, I think that I'm not a huge Ant-Man fan. I'll be honest. I'm, like, yeah. I just Same. don't care that much uh, what happens in general to the universe of Ant-Man. Yep. Uh, however... I didn't hate myself for seeing this film. And that's a rave review coming from Matt Noble. <laughs> I sound so pretentious. I'm so sorry, everyone. Uh, I, but seriously, I, I'll, you have to want to laugh uh, because it's ridiculous. And, and we'll get into that, I think, in spoilers here in a, a minute. But there are multiple things where you're just like, you just can't care. You have to know that you're going into not just a Marvel movie, but like one of the more goofy Marvel movies, I think. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's there to purely entertain and not make any, like, cultural commentary of any type or make even remote, like, impact to the world of Avengers as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. I, I I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. I think everyone else that I was... You know, I was in a theater full of children, by the way. Uh, so, that may have made it a little bit harder. Uh, multiple kids ended up crying halfway through the movie or so and like parents weren't taking them out uh one kid like kept trading seats with their adult parent next to me and uh it was it was hard i was being taken out of the experience multiple times not that like kids in a theater is bad it's just uh it was just unfortunate that it happened in my screening so i I was yeah there was a lot going on uh people were just uh, a, a little bit distracted, so I think that could maybe be tainting my experience. Maybe, maybe Anyhow, not. Uh, th- things that you liked. Um, I liked Michael Pena. I liked, I liked some of the strange things that happened. Like, so this being one of the quote unquote more fun franchises they get to play around with some different stuff that you don't normally get to see so like giant pez dispensers and like some just there's things that you don't expect to see in a movie anymore and they show up in ant-man and there's a part of me that still kind of just wants to see something that i wasn't ready for and ant-man can give me that sometimes just by surprising you with like random things that i wouldn't have thought of um, so the way that they problem solve some of the things in this movie and just kind of like some of the strange things you end up seeing, is, it's enjoyable sometimes to see things that you really have no other way to get in the theater. One of the things I actually liked about this movie that I'm shocked that I'm saying, uh, I think Paul Rudd's character was a decent father, uh, which you don't often see in movies, I think. Uh, most of the time the superhero is off superheroing and the family life doesn't exist because who cares, right? You just want to see him like fighting crime or her saving the world again or whatever. Like, yeah, and I think the entire plot of this movie takes place in two days. So, uh, so yeah, within a within like a seventy-two hour period for sure. Um, and in that time, he spends at least half of two of those days with his daughter. So you know, mm-hmm. for a man on house arrest, that's really not bad. <laughs> I think uh, th- that was 
an interesting dynamic that we didn't get to see in most of the other films. Obviously, like, with Black Panther, you get to see him with his adult sister and things like that. And so there's a family life that's going on there. Uh, But this one was almost endearing. Like, he builds that car... Small spoiler alert. Uh, Actually, let's just jump into spoilers. Is there anything else you want to... Not really. Okay. (laughs) I wish you could see Nathan's face. He, He almost seems like he couldn't care less right now. Uh... Let's just say that what you said about not really being a fan of Ant-Man is true. Okay. This this movie is just one of those things like, it happened, it's a piece of the puzzle, but I watched it not because I care about Ant-Man, I watched it because I want to know everything before Avengers 4. Fair enough. Uh, so, jumping right into spoilers, starting right now. Uh, <laughs> there's a sequence where Paul Rudd, or his character, uh, builds... Uh, this slide down this back stairway. Dude, I want to try out, that. <laughs> out no the, lie. Uh, the house. So it's like this ba- this stairway that just kind of goes back and forth. And he just puts cardboard around it and they sled down it. Uh, you know, that's every child's dream. Like, Dad, let's build a slide on the back porch with cardboard boxes. And obviously, yes. one, incredibly dangerous. But two, what everyone wants to do. Right. So I thought, like, that was just cute. Like it just—it just seemed quaint for yeah. There's not there's real not really person. many family moments in the Marvel universe. It's it's more like people that are either bad at it or people that had their families killed and so now they superhero. Right. So this is <laughs> so they superhero. So this is I had a, a dynamic... normal dad life, but now I'm a superhero because my kid died. Wow, that was dark. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Batman. Um, no, but I mean, yeah. So a lot of a lot of the family life that's portrayed in superhero movies is tragedy, generally. True. Um, so it's it's kind of odd, almost, to have what we would consider being a fairly normal look mm-hmm. at this. Um, and I do think the other thing is like the character development of that. Like he did start the first movie, like that was his goal. And yeah, he started true. this movie, and as far as like his main life goal, he's there. Like mm-hmm. he's he's actively involved in her life, um, and that's cool to see. I mean, he's on, on on house arrest for the things that he did during he's, Civil War. Yeah, but he does have a good relationship. She, his daughter, looks up to him like a superhero, but b- because of how he dads. Not and because I, of how he superheroes. Right. So she thinks he can be a great superhero because... He's she, a great dad. He's a great dad. And I think that's that's something that we don't often get to see. Uh, uh, maybe I'm making more of it than I... And I but I thought it was really nice to see a real human character under the suit. And, and maybe that's just because Paul Rudd is so n- normal dude kind that's of thing. That's fair. That's uh, fair. That you're just like, I, I can't ever picture him I as a I think his humor kind of falls into that. It's like, what happened if your dad ended up on stage with most of his jokes? <laughs> yeah, he dad jokes real hard. Uh, and but, you know what? I'm okay with that. Oh, dad jokes are cool. I, I love you, Dad, but man. Dad <laughs> uh, so let's let's jump into some of the issues that we, we had with the film. Uh, I think my biggest one is missed opportunities with uh, Ghost. I I think... So, the moment Ghost shows up, uh, I had this brief moment in my head of, what if Christopher Nolan directed this? 
That's what went through your head first? I, I was like, oh my gosh, the ghost could be the coolest character ever. And then she wasn't. Uh, and that's not her fault. But I felt like she was poorly written. And then they create all this unnecessary tension between the Ant-Man team uh, and uh, Ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because they don't communicate. Like, seriously, they could have been like, hey, what do you want? Because she ends up telling them, this is what I want. I want this thing. And they're immediately like, no way, girl, you can't do that. Da, 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 da. And you're like, Except no. for that it's a byproduct of what they're going to do anyway. Yeah. Literally, they could do one thing and then immediately the following, her thing. And, and they spend the whole movie wasting time mm-hmm. fighting about the thing that they were both going to do. Yep, it, it, I don't understand why that was necessary. Um, well, so other than part, creating fake uh, tension. Part of it is, I think, so if you don't read the comics, and I don't either, but I know a little bit of the backstory of what Ghost is. Um, so Ghost is actually two different things. Um, well, two different things from the movie. In the comics, Ghost is a male. And in the comics, Ghost is a Iron Man recurring villain. Has never met Ant Man in the comics, so they've they gender swapped. Fine, it's a political move because we need more women in in these stories. Fine, it doesn't change what right. the character yeah. should be. They moved it from Iron Man to Ant Man because Again. a we've never seen this before in the comics, so they can do whatever they want. And B, it kind of makes some sort of sense because the technology puts them in a plane of the types of characters that are different from Iron Man who revolve under generally normal physics. Mm -hmm. So you get to to these characters that can do really different things. Um, And so it kind of puts them in a different playing field. You get different combinations of things. And we almost never get to explore any of that. I thought it was... I thought it was just a weak villain in general because she's like dying and then she basically does nothing. She has like a fight scene and a half yeah. and that's it. Her, and then she complains. Yes. And so like, she, she whines it. a lot. Uh, like there's it, no real conflict of interest. Right. Because there is no conflict of interest. All the conflicts are attitudinal. Exactly. It's not actual true conflict. It is, hey, I don't. I want you to do this thing. No, I don't want to do it for you. The end. But they're going to do it anyway. So it's like it's, it's it. so yeah. It's, uh. it's it's very weak uh, storytelling and character development. It's I think it would have just been way better if they had created a villain for the sake of evil things, kind of like the standard but thing. The, the Ant Man's just don't do villainy things. Like that's the that's that's the deal with Ant Man. Apparently, is that all the villains are going to be caricatures of actual villains so the the villain in this film the other i guess quote unquote villain uh in this film is played by a a guy that i immediately recognize because of his work with uh, tarantino in hateful eight uh walter goggins Mm -hmm. he plays uh sunny birch um horrible villain character really ridiculous Um, unnecessary and unnecessary um like, if you actually cut him out of the movie, nothing changes. It's yep. just a lot of circumstances are not as well, they needed gimmicky. More 
villainy things because Ghost isn't a true villain. Uh, so well, there's your problem. <laughs> right. That should have told you everything you needed but, to know. <laughs> but he's a great actor and does right. good character acting. Mm-hmm. And his character in this is terrible sc- screwball villain. Uh, anyhow, we, it's so sad when you see good actors taking get huge these roles. paychecks. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, That's hey, what... listen. At that point, I'd do it for the money because, like, it's an easy gig, but. When you know, like, when you've seen these characters do such grand things, and then they just end up kind of sitting there cracking jokes, and they're supposed to be the villain or whatever, and you're just like, aw. You could have actually had this guy portray a character that I would have hated. Well, and, I think the, the one of the best scenes in this entire movie, correct me if I'm wrong, is the Michael Pena scene when he gets drugged mm-hmm. with, quote-unquote, truth serum that's not truth serum but it's totally truth serum but it's totally truth serum and that that whole sequence of, that was hilarious uh where everyone starts like telling the truth who's been drugged and it's just like this diarrhea of the mouth uh <laughs> where he's just like and he's talking about all the things super fast and none of it's related and the villain realizes like oh man my no i was living was for spoiled. that moment because i knew it was going to happen because that was the best moment of the first ant-man was when michael pena's character had to describe like three other conversations that other people had and he started talking super fast really excited and he explained everything and then that was a really fun stylistic montage scene yes and it was hilarious and really i just kind of want to have an old school marvel one shot where he recounts the like the whole plot of civil war <laughs> but just like him oh my gosh wouldn't that be hilarious? Avengers four, retold when, by the 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 after credit sequence is him being like, "What just happened?" It's this 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 and this. That would be a perfect after credit. That would be amazing. But anyway, so because that was the moment, and yep. everybody knew that in the first movie, I knew that there was going to be a moment like that in the second one. And when the true serum came out, I was like, "This is it. <laughs> this is it. This is the moment that I've waited for." And it was. And it made me happy. It really did. Like, I actually turned to the person next to me when I watched this, and I went, that moment just made the movie way better. And this total stranger said, dude, it's a movie. (laughs) (laughs) No. I I think I saw that one with friends. Fairly certain I did. (laughs) Listen, I saw three movies in three days the other week, and so I kind of forget which people were sitting next to me for which ones. But anyway. This film was overall... Uh, week on plot uh, and conflict uh, interesting special effects but let's talk about physics so going back to Christopher Nolan who has given us things like Interstellar which is physics heavy uh, and physics correct for the for most part observable universe yes uh, so in this movie if, if you use Christopher Nolan physics let's just call him that for a second uh, which are mostly real world physics uh-huh. uh, with gravity wells and stuff like that right. ultra light things um Time doesn't work the same way with things that are super, super small and have almost no mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in theory, the wife of uh, Pym mm-hmm. has probably died like many, many years ago because she's so small. Either that or has lived, it has, has an age today. Like, you could probably wind it the other way as Why? well. Isn't, that, isn't it gravity well where things like... The heavier something is, the slower time moves on it. Oh no, you're right. So yeah, she's dead. If <laughs> yeah, she should have been <laughs> also, dead like within a okay, year. Okay, here's what bothered me more about that is the fact that if she 
Also, taking off your breathing. No, hang on. Okay, hang on. I can't. I can't hang on. Like, be, well, obviously that's a problem. But if you're they don't even molecular care at yeah. that point. Uh, no, but so yeah, you couldn't breathe because you couldn't fit an oxygen atom in your in your face. Yeah. At that point, because you're smaller than the atom. Anyway, um, if you shrunk down that small mm-hmm. in between atoms, the atoms that you are in between are inside a piece of metal in a missile that falls into the ocean. You cannot tell me that you're going to magically be in her location if you beam into a subatomic realm from somewhere in San Francisco. You're going to be in the middle of two different atoms, okay? And she didn't walk to San Francisco in all of those years. Garen freaking Teed, she's somewhere in the ocean. <laughs> Garen freaking Teed, guys. Like, you so heard it. the way that they treat the the atomic realm yes, in this ridiculous. movie is the fact that, like, once you're in, it's like a physically different place yes and you can it's almost you can like meet diff- people it's that almost are, are different right so it's like everybody kind of goes in at the same point and you can find other people there whereas it's n- not actually how it would be if you could actually be that small science aside from surviving it but you would still be in the same location you'd just be in between atoms of where you were standing previously See, so the machine that they built to me was not necessarily like a hey, let's make you ultra small. It was a more like a teleportation device in my head, right? Like and hey, so beam me down, Scotty. That's not. That's kind of what I was thinking it was. And so like they were being transported to the location that she was at, which makes no sense. Why not? Just beam me there, Scotty, and like no. you, oh, I'm gonna put your coordinates in, and it sends you to these two molecules in the ocean. Why not? If it's because, like ge- geographic. Because inside of the same Marvel universe, we can't transport people that are any other size between two lo- different points, and it bothers me that like they're gonna just throw that in and not talk about it and but act it takes like it's okay. Too much energy to move exactly. someone who's big. But if you make them no. really small, you False. can just zap them a little. Like False. No, Another cool. thing: when they shrink and raise the building. There's no power or plumbing wherever they went. Also, and more... I guarantee you, there's not an arc reactor in there somewhere. <laughs> more uh, uh, annoying than that is in the first movie. The rule is you're smaller, but you have the same mass and like force behind whatever right. you do. Right. And so now we can pick up a building that has the same mass as the building when it's big. Ah! <laughs> and the cars, the freaking cars. So like. They have to be two tons or whatever, like a uh-huh. car is, but you're going to carry a case of, like, 20 cars in your hand. Uh, no. Also, at that uh, small of a point carrying that much weight would, would kill you. crunch through the cement. Because yes. it's, like, two tons. In Forget less the cement. Than a it's inch. in a plastic play box. Well, sure, that too, but, like, I'm just... Or your hand... If yeah. you actually uh, dropped one in your hand, they, it would fall through your hand. There would be a hole there like you've been yeah. shot. Yeah, you, they never give us real like explanation. I mean, just explain it away any any possible way. Like, but they just don't mention it. Yeah, they just don't mention it. And it's like, okay, cool, now you have a Hot Wheels car. Boom, now it's a real car. And you're like, that's not how the technology but works. By the, see, and the, the problem is not the not explaining. It's that they did explain the rules. Right, and then broke And it. then they broke them without explaining it. And that's what's really bothersome. And they do the same thing with Ghost. She's like, she can phase through things. Mm-hmm. But she'll never phase through the floor. 
when she phases, all of her body phases at once, but for some reason she never sinks. So I don't know what she stands on when she's phasing, but she shouldn't be able to. And you could also explain that away with some science crap that you just made up because you couldn't actually do that in real life. Mm -hmm. But they never explained that one either, and that's what bothered me. Because every time she phased, I was like, why isn't she sinking? Also, when she phases through Pim's neck, uh, I was immediately thinking, so he's like dying at every other second or something like that, basically. I guess. Like, how does he they survive every other second of being shot, basically, through the neck? Like, if, if, the, if the bullet's, like, passing through you every other second, it's still doing every other second of damage. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. They just I felt like I, it. Listen, I have no good answer for you from that one. Like, he was just, I like, don't even... choked for a couple seconds, and it was like, oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, there were obviously many problems, but <laughs> this movie doesn't take itself seriously. It's not supposed right. to, and we're not supposed to. Uh, so let's talk about that after credit scene. Yes. When he You've gets warned. zapped into, so Ant-Man apparently Goes back does, for healing energy. Yep, healing energy. It just gets sucked into this little tube. Okay. Uh, I, I almost felt like it was... Uh, it's going to be dumber. a MacGuffin. Well, sure, but it felt... Oh, what if it comes yes, it back? Is. Oh no. Guaranteed. Oh, I hope And not. here's my hypothesis. Okay. Him being in the quantum realm is gonna now they're gonna say it messes with time. Because oh, I'm gonna be so annoyed. They're gonna go back in time. No, they're in not. Avengers guaranteed because they were spotted on lookalike streets from the first Avengers <gasps> in their costumes from the first Avengers. Okay? Yes. With Ant Man. No. Yes. Paul Rudd was on set with Thor and Iron Man and Captain America oh, in the New no. York streets that replicate the battle from the first Avengers. So I guarantee you, he discovers something from in the quantum realm that allows them to time travel. Oh, that's going to take me off so Because much. they let her live with the time physics uh, thing in this movie. Okay. Yeah. That's a wrap. I can't handle this anymore. Oh, by the way, <laughs> Hank Pym's dead, so's his wife, and so's Hope. Yeah. So... <laughs> They weren't that important anyhow, so... No, but Ant-Man 3 is coming, so they're coming back. And I on hate, that, on I hate that Marvel note, for this. On that bombshell. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Check us out online at projectedopinions.com, our new website. And uh, feel free to check us out on social media. Subscribe to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next time.